grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. I don't know how it's been for you, but for me, this has been a phenomenal year. (laughs) Think about that. It is a pleasure, privilege, and joy to welcome you to the sanctuary of the Village Church, whether you are here in person or whether you are worshiping online with us as we gather this very first day of the new year, within the first few hours, to worship and praise the living God. Let us be called to worship then as we read responsively from the 90th Psalm. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Friends, let us worship God.
The poet Anne Reams wrote, there is a deafening alleluia rising from the souls of those who weep and those who weep with those who weep. If you watch, you will see the hand of God putting the stars back in the skies one by one. As we come to our first confession of 2023, I encourage us all to listen for that alleluia rising up out of our souls and watch as God's hand warms the earth with forgiveness. Let's go to God in confession. God of all time, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, you are coming in power to bring all nations under your rule. We confess that we have not expected your kingdom. We have lived without regard for the ultimate concerns of life, and we have ignored signs of your peace all around us. Forgive us, merciful God, through the love you proclaimed by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. Then prepare your way in us that we may live as ambassadors of your kingdom. In Christ we pray. Amen. Here's the good news. Jesus has come. He has arrived, and he was not sent by God to condemn the world, but to save the world. I declare to you in the name of Jesus the Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. yourself a big round of applause. <laughs> Yay! We did it! We did it! <laughs> Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Let's greet each other with the peace of Christ. Note to self, the next time I invite someone to start a song for us, I'm not going to ask a tenor, I'm going to ask a baritone, because that was just way too high. What can I say, Juan? Anyhow, friends, our Susie Schick is uh, home getting over COVID. We have a wonderful, I hate to call people substitutes, because you're a phenomenal organist too. Thanks for being with us this morning. Yes, all is forgiven, all is good.
Let me share just a bit of news about what's happening in the life of the church as we wake up to the new year. The La Costa Glen Wednesday morning women's and Thursday morning men's Bible studies will resume this week. So those who participate take special note of that. Next Sunday, following the second service, our youth confirmation class begins. If you have young folks in your family or know of other young folks, we'd love to have them as part of that class. On Wednesday, January 18th, our next grief group begins. If you'd like to know more about participating in that wonderful ministry, you can contact Wendy McClave, who's going to raise her hand right now. Take note of where she is. Attack her after the service. She'll tell you all you need to know about it. I also want to let you know uh, about the preaching schedule for January. I'm on next week, but then on the 15th of January, two weeks from today, Jan Cook is going to take the pulpit, and we're looking forward to that, my dear. At least I am. I don't know about anybody else, yeah? Everybody will say, oh, Jack, you got the day off? And I'll say, no, if I really had the day off, I'd be playing golf somewhere, not here in church, but that's the way that is. And then on the last Sunday of January, we are going to welcome Dr. Ivan Rusin to our pulpit. Ivan is the president of the Evangelical Theological Seminary in Kiev, Ukraine. And through our relationships with the Outreach Foundation, we will welcome Ivan here and have a chance to visit with him about the ministry of that seminary and all the things that have been happening in Ukraine in these last months. So take note of all of these. Friends, one of the most important things that we do in our whole life is to take our life and offer it to God. And so as a symbol of our offering of ourselves, we bring to God now our tithes and our offerings. As this wonderful song is being performed, I invite you to come forward to the baskets on either side of the chancel. God bless. Good morning. I'm going to start this piece. It will be a familiar tune to all of you. And uh, if you would pick up with me on the last verse um, as a response to the offering, I would so appreciate it. I will give you my best baseball sign to stay No, well.
seated. Let's center our hearts as we go to God in prayer. So later, God, after the angels and after the stable and after the child, they all had to go back, didn't they? As we always must. Sometimes we're saddened, God, to go back to a way of thinking that doesn't understand and doesn't celebrate talk of angels and stars and especially not the child. Sometimes we go back complaining that it doesn't last, but they went back singing your praises. We do have to go back, but we can still sing hallelujahs, can't we? Help us to remember that you are Emmanuel, God with us, always. You are the Lord of all time, of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and we give you thanks for the memories we carry from the year that has now gone by. And we give you thanks for the gifts that it brought, even when the gifts were really hard, for a deepened resolve for peace as the wars rage on. We thank you for a conviction to share and serve as the homeless and helpless surge. We thank you for our grief and the healing gift it brought to others in their raw pain. And we thank you for our enemies, for in loving them, we are loving the way you love us. And Lord, it fills us with wonder as we are released from the prison of judgment and grudges. We give you thanks, Lord, for the gifts we experienced that had us throwing back our heads with laughter and dancing with joy, for the sacred joy we experienced in the baptisms of children and the commitment of parents, for all of those who found themselves by serving you at the ranch and the rescue mission, interfaith, ladle fellowship, teaching Sunday school, setting up tables, filling bags with sand. We give you thanks for seeing you in the faces of friends and family and even strangers, we give you thanks. So, hallelujah, dear Lord, we give you thanks in all circumstances. In you, we find our hope and our peace and our joy and our love, and we lift our voices together, praying the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
A reading from Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's take a little informal poll that may or may not satisfy my curiosity. How many of you celebrated the beginning of the new year on East Coast time at 9 o'clock last night? Okay. How many of you celebrated on Central Standard Time? 10 o'clock. Anybody? Mountain Standard Time? Okay. Pacific Standard Time? Excellent. Okay, those are the ones I'm going to pay closest attention to as I preach so that you're not nodding off. That's great. There are all kinds of ways to celebrate the beginning of the new year by noting the time, of course. Some folks watch the TV show where the big crystal ball is dropping down. Some folks set off fireworks. There are all kinds of different traditions. One of the traditions, apparently, that I knew absolutely nothing about until yesterday yesterday was the tradition in merry old England going back hundreds and hundreds of years that is actually the referent point for the song that the choir just sang. Did you share that tradition with them a little bit? That's great. So the tradition was on New Year's Day in merry old England, children and other folks would go to the well and draw a fresh bucket of water and take some sprigs of some kind of plant that maybe still was evergreen and dip it in the water and they would sprinkle fresh new water on everyone, wishing them Happy New Year. Sort of a baptismal rite almost, right? Yeah, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So we thought about spraying you all with cold water as you came into the church, but wisely the Worship Commission decided against that. Well, of course, the beginning of a new year is all about the business of time, is it not? Time. How do you see 
time. Now think about that. You can't actually see time, but I've discovered that many folks have a way of visualizing time. Maybe you see time like the face of a clock that measures off half of the day and then another half of the day. Maybe you see time as the pages of a calendar that's being turned. Maybe you see time as a timeline, something beginning at the left and then moving towards the right with significant dates noted. I don't, I don't know how everyone sees time, but for me, I discovered when someone asked me how I visualize time that I actually do visualize time in a sort of a physical way. I look at time as kind of a, um, a, an oval, like a racetrack, sort of. And that oval is standing on its edge. It's perpendicular to, to the ground. And the first day of the year is in the middle of the top of the track. And then as you go through the year, you move counterclockwise towards the left. So you get through the winter on the top of the oval, and then as you make it into the first turn and come all the way around, that would be the spring. And then the summertime is the bottom of the oval, and then the fall takes you back up to the top and you get to winter. That's how I actually visualize time. I've discovered that some people visualize time with colors and they see the different months in colors. And so maybe some of you visualize time, and I'd like to hear about that after the sermon. Maybe some of you are visualizing time right now. Or maybe some of you are just thinking that your pastor is nutso. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, of course, the passage of time is a favorite topic of poets and philosophers and physicists. We note the passage of time by looking backwards and looking forwards. There is a certain fascination in all of us with the business of time travel. All of us, I think, would like to go backwards in time to experience things that have happened before and would like to go forwards in time so that we can discover what the stock market's going to do and then come back to the present and adjust our investments accordingly. Some of us continue to watch that old movie now about Benjamin Button, the man who was born as an old man and then progressively grew younger. Have you thought about the fact that by the time this worship service is over, every one of us here will be about an hour older than we were? So time is important. Time is a reality within which we live our lives, even though we can't exactly describe or explain what time is. The Bible, of course, talks a lot about time. It talks about what was before time. In the beginning, God. That's what was before time. And then God created. God created all things. God created time. That's at the beginning of the Bible. At the end of the Bible, we anticipate the end of times, the consummation of God's plan, the completion of God's kingdom with the return of Christ. Mostly, though, the Bible is concerned not about the beginning of all things or about the end of all things, but about the in-between times. 
In the meantime, so to speak, between the beginning and the end, what do we do? What is life like? And so, as we begin another calendar year today, I would like to have us think for just a few moments about what I think is one of the most popular biblical passages, and it's the one that goes like this. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you have that phrase memorized here in your heart? So many people do. If you don't yet, I would encourage you to do that. It's a great way to wake up to the day and to get through the day. The phrase, of course, is referred to, it's quoted many different times in the scriptures, but especially in the 118th Psalm. That psalm is a wonderful prayer that is written to express the feelings, the questions, but then also the theological convictions, convictions of faith. All of those things speak from out of a context of conflict. We don't know exactly what the conflict was, but the Bible is full of conflict, just like your life and my life is full of conflict. Maybe it's a personal conflict. You're struggling with some issue, struggling with a person, struggling with a problem. Maybe the conflict is larger. Israel certainly, as a nation, had its share of trouble. Whatever the case, the 118th Psalm is speaking about a time of uncertainty, a time of struggle, a time of anxiety, a time of suffering, a time of sadness, a time of fear, all of those things with which all of us in this room are intimately acquainted. My question always, and I think your question always, is what do we do with those challenges that make us suffer in life? In between times, in the times that we live, in the time after we are born and the time before we go to be with the Lord, how do we live through all of those hard times? One option for many is to give up or to give in or to turn to anger and despair and cynicism. I meet that option in many people's lives. Sometimes I meet it even in myself as I'm struggling with something I'm tempted to say, it's just the way it is, nothing's going to get better. Maybe you struggle with those things too. That's one option. But there is another option, and it's the faith option. It's the decision based in faith and based in the movement of God's Spirit that the people of Israel took. It's the decision that was made by the writer of the 118th Psalm. It's the decision that Jesus himself lived out and opened further for us in his life and in his words and ultimately in his death and in his resurrection. It's a decision that is based in the conviction, the conviction that the dark 
and negative side of life does not win out. It's a conviction that the goodness and purpose of God prevails. It's a conviction that you and I need not be afraid or complacent or resigned or defeated. It's a conviction that helps us to keep going with hope. It is a conviction based in the other very, very popular and important phrase from the 118th Psalm. God's steadfast love endures forever. As the nation of Israel lived for centuries with its God, those people of faith and sometimes faithlessness, those people of great courage and sometimes great cowardice, those people of great moral conviction and exercise and sometimes people of great failure and disaster, those people began to discover that for all the ups and downs and comings and goings and transition of time and changes of years, there was one thing that always was the same. God and God's steadfast love that endures forever. Let's talk about forever just a moment. How many of you have been here forever? How many of you feel like it's been forever? Forever is a word we use all the time. We get lifetime guarantees on the things that we buy. They will back it, whatever it is that you're buying, forever. The harder a retailer pushes their forever guarantee, the more convinced I am that the thing is going to break tomorrow. Forever. We promise to love each other forever. We promise and think about forever, but frankly, we cannot understand forever. There was a time when we were not. There was a time when we will not be, save for the grace of God. Forever is a term that makes sense only because we can speak of an eternal God. Forever is inaccessible to us. It's incomprehensible to us. And yet we can catch just enough of a glimpse of forever that we wonder and we think and we dream. Forever, in a sense, is a relative term, right? To a child, an hour can seem like forever, can't it? We just got finished with Christmas. Remember when you were a kid and my mom and dad said, it's six weeks until Christmas and you thought, that's forever, it'll never come. And now as adults, we say it's six weeks to Christmas and we say, oh no, I don't have enough time to get ready. Forever is a relative term for us, but forever itself is not relative. Forever is forever. And yet forever is just out of reach for us because we are not the creators of time. And so in a sense, this concept of forever, I think, is relatively useless to us. That's the way I like to think about it. 
it is functionally useless to us to think much about forever. What is functionally useful? What does make a difference? What is something that we can begin to wrap our arms around and comprehend and then employ as we seek to live successfully is not forever, but just today. Some people live in the past, I get that. Some people live in the future, I get that too. But the past and the future are beyond us. We cannot change the past. We cannot control the future. All of us have only the present, today. And so the psalmist, after looking at the forever love of God, turns to the practical, to the accessible facts of faith, to today, and says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In the last few years, I've grown fond of answering people when they ask how I am. In fact, I used that this morning with several of you. How are you doing? I say, I'm doing great. I woke up today. I got to live today. You get to live today. This is the day. The day. The only day that you've been given Yes, we have all lived through yesterday. Some of us more yesterdays than others. Most of us will be here tomorrow. I can't guarantee that I'll be here tomorrow, though. None of us can guarantee the future. All we have is this day. The Lord has made life for this day. And that's something that we can take home. That's something that we can take to heart. That's something that we can use as we try to live successfully. Without God, there is no day. With God, there is a day, this day, today. And it's a gift from God. Therefore, therefore, we rejoice. Now, I know there are days when I wake up and there are days that I dread. Oh, no. This is the day the Lord has made, and today I have to do something hard. Today I have to do something sad. Today I have to do something that may end up terribly. It might even be as simple as today I have to get up and go preach again. Who knows? But still, but still we can rejoice. Yes, I know, sometimes the day that the Lord gives us brings heartache and frustration, but sometimes the day brings joy. Maybe the day brings good news from the doctor or a job offer or an application or accepted. Just a few days ago, the day brought a deep and abiding joy to me as a plain brown box that was about so big square was delivered to our front porch and I thought wow Christmas is over but still gifts are coming and I opened it up there was no identifying mark on from whom this box had been delivered but inside there was a brand new inflatable nativity scene
Now, Jan, I know who was here on Christmas Eve and who was not. (laughs) There it was. I plugged it in, and up from death rose Charlie Brown and Lucy and Snoopy and in the manger, little Woodstock. (laughs) I don't know who sent it. All I know is that you were a gift from God. (laughs) We don't know what the day will bring, but we do know that it is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, we can rejoice and be glad in it. We rejoice not because it's so full of joy. In fact, it may be full of heartache and pain. But we rejoice because it's the day given to us by the steadfast love of the Lord that will outlast and outlive and triumph over whatever in our life is not so good today. And so the opportunity for us, the challenge for us is to live this day with that same knowledge, that same hope, that same conviction that has been handed down to us from generation to generation to generation. To live today rejoicing. Rejoicing not because of what is sometimes the sorry state of our lives, but rejoicing because of the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever, that will take us through this day and all the days to come and all the days that will be not days but simply the eternity of living forever with the Lord. And so, friends, let us begin this day. Let us begin this new year that for some will go so slowly and others will be over before we know it. Let's begin this day by gathering at the place to which we were invited long ago and still are, the place where we come to a table and sit with one whom we cannot see but one whom we know is here, the one who gave his body and his blood, who gave his love and gave his life so that we could know about the surety of God's steadfast love. Ministering in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite all to come to this table. You need not be a member of this congregation. You need be only one who knows or wants to know the Lord Jesus Christ. As we partake of this meal, you will be invited to come down the aisles by the ushers. You will take a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, take the communion, and then return to your seats by the outer aisles. All of the bread has been blessed by God and it's gluten-free. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Come, let us enjoy the feast the Lord has prepared. On that very night... On that only day that they had, that day that had been a gift from God, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat this, remember me. And then after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the sign of the new covenant sealed in my blood. 
Whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the saving death of the Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Come, let us enjoy the gifts of God for the people of God. Please pray with me. God of hope and peace and joy and love, you who saw fit to lavish us with your presence in this world and become our brother, we thank you. We thank you that as God of creation, you know our every thought and are mindful of even the smallest filament of our interconnectedness. You have entrusted us to care for all that you created and all that you love. We pray only that our passion will continue to become one with yours. We thank you that you saw fit to walk among us and teach us the rhythms of your grace and that your love for God and for us did not stop or diminish one single bit when you were met with hostility and resistance and violence. We're grateful that you demonstrated sacrificial love and the victory of life in your death and resurrection to show us a better way and to defeat once and for all impossibility. Thank you, loving God, that you know our broken hearts and have provided a comforter that heals and moves us forward even closer to your loving arms. For this meal today and for your presence among us, we give you thanks, O oh God. We are fed, we are full, and we are ready to share. Amen. The year of our Lord, 2023, 
is not quite 11 hours gone. What are you going to do with the rest of the hours and days and weeks and months of this year and of your life? Will you give in to fear, to despair, to anger, to hatred? Or will you learn the lesson of the ages from those who have come before that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever? This is the day that the Lord has made. Good job. God bless. Happy New Year.